Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Search for Serotonin. Once again, my name is Carolyn Farrick, and I am your host. How is everybody doing this week? I am so excited to be back recording the second episode of this podcast. I am so excited that you chose to come back and hang out with me for another week. Today, we're going to be diving into the topic seasonal depression. It is that time of year. We're deep into November. You know, the holidays are upon us and it does get dark at like 4 p.m. now. So it's definitely a pressing issue. And I know a lot of people suffer from seasonal depression. So before we get into that topic, I just wanted everybody to take a second and it's the beginning of the week, whether you're listening to this at the beginning of the week or maybe you're listening to it, you know, later in the week or over the weekend. Regardless of when you're listening, um, it's always a great time to start a fresh mindset, get in the right headspace, and really just check in with yourself. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to check in with ourselves. So first, I want you to take a deep breath. So I want you to breathe in for four seconds. Hold that breath for four seconds. And then exhale for six seconds. Do that a couple times, and then after you do that about three times, you should kind of, you know, be more centered, be a little more calm. I know whenever I start to get anxious or I get overwhelmed or I have a lot of stuff on my plate, um, right now I'm kind of in that situation where I have a lot of stuff on my plate, but those little breathing exercises, that in for four, hold for four, exhale for six, Um, Just doing that three times really quickly just kind of brings me back into myself and like I said, really keeps me grounded. After we do that breath work, I want you to focus on how you're feeling right now. Are you happy right now? Are you sad right now? Are you pissed off right now? Um, Do you need a hug? Do you need to cry right now? Whatever you're feeling in this moment, I want you to acknowledge that even if it's not your ideal feeling that you want to be feeling in the moment, acknowledge how you're truly feeling. um, And by identifying that, then hopefully over the course of this episode, you can kind of release those negative emotions if you're feeling them and transition into the mindset or feeling that you want to have. If you're already in a great mindset, you're already feeling happy, feeling like today's a great day for you, then awesome. You can still take this moment just to check in with yourself and be a little bit more mindful of what's going on with you mentally and internally. So something I want to do right now is um, just like I said, we're going to check in with ourselves. So we identified how we're feeling. Um, If you are feeling a little overwhelmed, like I said, um, or you know, you're not in the right headspace or you're feeling maybe a little depressed or a little anxious, I want you to think of, you know, your day. What are you doing today? Do you have a full day? Do you have a chill day? Um, And focus on, you know, not your to-do list, but think of the one activity today that you are looking forward to because it is something that fills you up. So whether that activity is as simple as cooking yourself dinner, I always use cooking yourself dinner as an example because um, in my mental health journey, that has actually become one of the biggest things that I look forward to in my daily routine is at the end of the day, 
you know, going into my kitchen, cooking myself dinner, me and my boyfriend, we will actually cook dinner together as much as we can, you know, if our schedules don't align, um, sometimes we'll take turns flip flopping. Um, but I always look forward to just getting in the kitchen, cooking dinner. Um, we have an Amazon Alexa in our kitchen, so we'll throw on like a podcast or if I find a new playlist or a new album drops, um, I always have something going. So then I can kind of just take that hour or so to dance around my kitchen and, you know, follow, put together instructions of a recipe. So I don't really have to think I can just kind of, you know, listen to my podcast or listen to my music that's playing and just kind of not think or not worry about stuff or not run through the to-do list I have to do for the day. So think of that activity that you look forward to. So like I said, if it's cooking, if it's like my thing, great that's something you can look forward to. Maybe you're going to go get coffee today and that's the one thing you're looking forward to. Or maybe the one thing you're looking forward to is just the day being over and the chance that you actually get to lay down and, you know, maybe watch one of your favorite shows or read a book or this simple as, you know, the one thing I'm looking forward to today is the time when I can get back into bed and go to sleep. And that's okay. You know, whatever your thing is, as long as it is going to fill you up, make you happy, replenish you, give you energy, anything like that. Um, I just want you to focus on that one activity. So don't run through the to-do list in your head or don't think, oh, I need to get this task done or I have this meeting at this time. Just focus on that one activity um, and just think about how you're going to feel when you get to that activity. You know, I am such a victim of <laughs> when I'm doing something like work or, you know, I'm running errands and it's not something I really want to be doing. Um, I always just think, oh, I can't wait to get home and, you know, cook dinner or, oh, I can't wait to get home and watch an episode of this new show that I found on Netflix. Um, so kind of thinking about that activity kind of will help you get through the day. And then when you actually get to that moment where you're doing that activity, um, I think it'll just feel so much better, you know, now that you've kind of associated, hey, this is the one thing that I really, really want to do today. So when you get to that moment, you can acknowledge that, hey, I finally made it here. And now I'm going to actually be really present and really enjoy this moment because this is the one thing that I'm doing for myself. So hold on to that activity or event or whatever it is you may be looking forward to. And I want you to keep that in the back of your head during the remainder of this episode. And I also want you to think about what emotions you want to be experiencing by the time this episode is finished. So like I said, we're going to be talking about seasonal depression, but in the back of your head, I want you to be thinking about, okay, how am I going to get in the next 40 minutes to the space that I want to be? So thank you again for taking the time to check in with yourself. Thank you again for coming back to this podcast. I cannot express how grateful I am that you are here and you are listening. Um, and if anybody's out there silently suffering, you're going through it alone. Well, I'm so glad that you chose to come back and spend this time with me. And if you are one of those silent sufferers, I see you, I hear you. I was you and I'm rooting for you every single day, every single podcast, you know, I'm going to let you know that you are doing the best you can. And, you know, 
I hate saying like things will get better because I know when you're in that low point or you're alone and you're suffering and you're not sure what to do and everything just feels like the world is crashing down around you and there's so much pressure on your shoulders and your body, you know, hearing it's going to get better, it's going to get better really doesn't do a lot. And it's sometimes hard to hear when you're not in the best spot. Um, But I'm here to show you that I've been through some really low points, some really dark moments. Um, And if I'm able to finally get to a place where I can say that I've not completely gotten through it, but I'm at a point now where it's less chaotic and it's not as constant the grief and the overwhelm and the unbearable feeling. So, you know, if I can do it, and I have very little faith in myself, but if I can do it, I know you out there can do it as well. And so thank you for coming back and being a part of this community and showing up for yourself once again. Um, Because like I said, it's a journey. It's going to take time. But, you know, the fact that you are trying and, you know, listening to these resources and just reach, this is actually a way to reach out for help, you know, listening and then, you know, connecting with this podcast. Um, It's a huge step for you. So I just want to acknowledge the fact that, you know, you showing up for yourself is the best thing you can do. And, you know, like I said, you're doing the best you can. So kudos to you. And thank you so much for being here. Um, So today we're talking about seasonal depression. And every year, I like to deny that I struggle with seasonal depression. But um, in the like, past four or five years, my seasonal depression has completely skyrocketed. And like I said, I've always had clinical depression and I have struggled with seasonal depression, but I didn't want to admit that it's something I struggled with. I have felt the effects of seasonal depression really hard this year so far. Um, In the beginning of November, you know, it wasn't too bad. And right around when daylight savings happened, I was like, okay, I'm actually feeling pretty good this year. Um, The weather wasn't too bad. I'm from Pittsburgh, so the weather wasn't too bad around daylight savings. It was still kind of warm out, but it was getting darker, you know, pretty early. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe it'll be okay for a little bit. Maybe I won't be as affected as quickly as I normally am. And so we actually, my boyfriend and I, when I say we, I mean my boyfriend and I, um, went to Colorado for about five days and it was the weekend after daylight savings. Um, so, you know, the time change was in full effect and sun was setting at 4 p.m., Um, and so we got to Colorado and they're on a little bit of a different time schedule than Pittsburgh. So there's about a two hour difference. We were there for five days, like I said. So my sleep schedule was already kind of thrown off because of the time difference, but then also because of the, um, daylight savings time change, I was just all out of whack. And so we kind of went for those full five days. We got up in the morning really early. We were going till pretty late at night. So we didn't get to do a lot of sleeping. And we had a really early morning flight out. And then on our way back, it was a really, really late flight back and we ended up getting delayed. So um, when we got back, it was about 2.30 in the morning here in Pittsburgh. So 
Um, coming back to Pittsburgh, it was not an easy transition because in Colorado, we were there and it was sunny and beautiful. And the weather was like 60s and 70s the whole five days. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. It feels like the perfect temperature. I love fall, um, but only when it's not too cold and I can, you know, like wear cute outfits and it's not too windy. Um, so I was like, this is great weather. This is perfect. I was thriving in Colorado. I had so much fun and that was my first time going. So I really didn't know what to expect, but just the sun and the air and the view of the mountains and just the warm weather all mixed into one. It was just an instant shot of serotonin for me. I was so happy all five days. And <laughs> if, you know, if you know me, um, something that I don't say often is I'm really happy or I'm having such a great time. You know, I always kind of tend to focus on the negatives or I'm always like, oh, everything is so hard. Everything's so miserable. Um, just because of my anxiety and depression, you know, internally, I get hard on myself. And so while other people may see me as kind of like an outwardly positive person, or, you know, I'm always just trying to have fun or be happy. Um, you know, my boyfriend, since he started living with me, he's seen all sides of me. And he knows that it's a struggle living with anxiety and depression and you can go out and you can be social and you can have fun and you can put on a facade for somebody for a couple hours but the day in and day out of it you know it's not pretty and so when we were in Colorado we were sitting there like the second day we were there and it was like nine in the morning and I looked at my boyfriend and I was like I'm so happy right now like I love life everything is so great and he kind of looked at me and he was like did you hear what you just said to yourself? Because never say things like that. And so just being in that environment where I genuinely felt happy and stress-free for the first time in a really long time, like everything that was going on in my regular life, I left it back in Pittsburgh, you know, family drama, personal drama, work drama, um, all of this chaos that's been going on in my life recently. I just said that stays at the Pittsburgh airport. And once I get on that plane, you know, I'm starting with a clean slate. I'm going to start with a clean slate, come back with a clean slate, and just give myself this five days to, you know, not overthink or not plan for what I need to do for when I get back. Um, I was just going to, for once, try to live in the moment and be fully present and just enjoy myself without all this added stress and pressure. So, to have those five days, it was amazing. And then coming back to Pittsburgh, um, it was 70 in Colorado the day we left and we get back to Pittsburgh and it's 20 degrees and there's snow on the ground. And of course, you know, in those five days, it somehow went from barely fall in Pittsburgh to very harsh, dark, like crappy weather. You know, it was, it's been rainy, it's been gloomy, it's been totally gray since I've gotten back. And that with, you know, the seasonal depression that started to creep up kind of really smacked me in the face right when we got back to Pittsburgh, because it's like, hey, this is reality now. Um, it gets dark at four, and it's super gray out, and your house is freezing all the time. And so every day since we've gotten back, 
I've kind of fell into my depression nap pattern again. So seasonal depression comes around. Depression naps are my go-to. And I don't really nap, and I haven't really napped since I started working a nine-to-five. Um, but now that I came back and I don't have a nine to five and I can kind of make my own schedule, it's really easy to be like, well, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and it's really cold and it's starting to kind of like get gloomy out. And then it's just easy for me to be like, all right, let's take a nap. And then it's the middle of the day and I sleep and I'm like, oh, I'll only sleep for an hour. And then that hour nap turns into a three hour nap and it's like, a really like deep depression nap and it's like impossible to kind of get out of that it takes me so long to get up and then get re-motivated because I've kind of like succumbed to that darkness and those depressed feelings and then you know anybody who's taken a depression nap um, you can probably relate to how hard it is to wake up and actually physically get up out of that um with seasonal depression, you know, when it gets cold and when it gets gloomy, um, I'm a victim of as soon as it gets kind of crappy out and the second I can jump into bed and just curl up and then kind of start just binge watching shows on Netflix, I won't get up unless I like absolutely have to. And um, that's how I was, you know, before I restarted my mental health journey. I was working in the restaurant industry at the time and I was in a job where I mostly worked lunches and it was, you know, November, December, January, February. And so I would work a lunch. I'd go in at like 10 in the morning and get done around 2, 2.30. And then I would just go home and I would like make a small lunch, but I would go right up into bed, eat the lunch in bed, put on some Netflix. And then as soon as my lunch was over, I would just fall asleep until like five or six whenever, you know, like I was living with my sister at the time. So whenever she would get home from work, that's when I would kind of wake up. But then I would just kind of be sluggish and kind of lay around in bed for the rest of the day. I really fell victim to falling into those depression naps. And then like, as soon as I would get home, no matter what time of the day it was, once I would get home, I would just kind of run straight to bed. And then that would kind of be it for the night. I wouldn't try and, you know, plan to get things done in the evenings or I wouldn't try to be productive or I wouldn't make plans to go out and do stuff or see people because I felt so overwhelmed and so you know overcome by the darkness that I would just be like well it's time to go to bed I just need to go to bed I can't do anything anymore I'm so exhausted I just need to sleep and that was the winter of 2019. So then um, when seasonal depression rolled around in 2020, I had restarted my therapy journey. Um, I had restarted, you know, trying to actively do things to improve my mental health rather than hurt it. Um, and 2020 was a great year to start focusing on me and my mental health because I had a lot of time to do that. And, you know, since I was inside and we were in a pandemic and not a lot of things were open, um, it really didn't leave me with a lot of excuses or a lot of time to, you know, be like, well, I'm too busy or I can't or I'm so exhausted because I was running around all day. You know, all of those excuses kind of faded away. And so I was left with really no other choice but to 
continue living in the same pattern and just acknowledging the fact that I wasn't doing anything to improve my situation. Um, but I chose to actively look at myself and say, Hey, we know this is a reoccurring issue. Um, so let's do. So with seasonal depression, um, I've always struggled with seasonal depression. I just never wanted to acknowledge it. Um, like I said, my first major depressive episode was around the age of 14 and in high school, you know, with that depression, seasonal depression was very much prominent as well. So, you know, when daylight savings would hit and the winter months would hit, it would be cold and it would get darker. And I didn't like that because, you know, the darkness reminded me of dying and death and just, you know, all of this sadness. Um, So when I started to get into high school, I definitely was experiencing seasonal depression, all of the symptoms of being unmotivated and just being exhausted all of the time and feeling miserable and just thinking, you know, everything was awful because it was so dark and gloomy and, you know, it wasn't my favorite time of year. But when I was in high school, I was playing um, hockey. So um, hockey kind of became my whole focus outside of school because like I said, I was so busy. So it kept me distracted during the seasonal depression months because when I would get done with school and it would start to get dark out, instead of being like, oh, I wanna go take a nap or oh, I wanna go lay on the couch and watch TV. I didn't have that option. I didn't really have time to focus on the seasonal depression. I didn't have time to take depression naps. I didn't have time or the option to slow down and say, hey, I'm really not doing great right now. I need just one night to focus on me. That wasn't an option. The options were you do school, you do homework, you do hockey. And there wasn't any really free time left for myself. And that took a toll on me, you know, it really hurt my relationship with myself because I wasn't in the mindset where I was checking in with myself or I was taking care of myself. My mindset was focused on, all right, I have to do school. I have to do hockey. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to be a good sister. I have to be a good daughter. You know, I have to do stuff around the house. I didn't think about, you know, what does Carolyn need? You know, what's going to make Carolyn happy or what's going to help Carolyn get through these depression moments. Um, No, it was do what you got to do, keep your head down, push through, get it all done, make everybody happy. Um, So in high school, I was really able to distract myself from all of that. But then, you know, in college, I stopped playing hockey and I was dealing with so much mentally and emotionally and a lot of stuff that I had suppressed throughout high school, you know, I was still suppressing in college. And so when seasonal depression season would hit when I was in college, um, there's nothing left to distract me. And so I was in college and I had the first time in my life a free schedule. I didn't have, you know, as much structure, you know, I was still working jobs and doing things like that, but I never had the amount of free time that I did prior to being in college. So when I was in college, it was really easy for me to just be like, 
oh, okay, I have a break in between classes. Let's lay down and take a nap because it's cold and dark out and I don't want to be outside and I don't really want to socialize. But that depression nap would easily turn into a two, three hour nap and it would turn into me sleeping through my classes or me sleeping through um, events or I would have like club meetings of things that I had committed to or I would sleep through dinner with my friends or going to the gym when I had plans with people, all of this stuff. And so for the first time in my life, I was experiencing you know, not only intense clinical depression, but then for the first time in my life, I actually had the time and the opportunity to process and actually acknowledge the fact that I was experiencing symptoms of seasonal depression. However, I was in college, so I was still denying the fact that I had any type of mental health issues or my mental health was struggling. So at that time, I still wasn't even acknowledging that I had general anxiety. Um, I wasn't acknowledging my clinical depression and I sure as hell wasn't acknowledging my seasonal depression. So as I went through college, you know, the more time went on and the more I struggled through, the more I started to recognize my general anxiety and depression, but I still would tell people, oh, I don't, I'm not affected by seasonal depression. That doesn't that doesn't bother me, you know. I have regular depression, but it's not like it gets worse or anything like that when that was an absolute lie. <laughs> it absolutely did get worse with the seasonal depression aspect of it. So, it like I said, really didn't acknowledge it, didn't improve it, just kind of thought that was normal, you know, that's just what would happen and everybody went through that. Um and I didn't, you know, ask other people if they went through it. I just assumed because I'm like, oh, this is what I experienced. So this just must be common for everybody else. But it wasn't, you know, there are people out there who function every single year without clinical depression or without seasonal depression. So it took me a while to get to the point where I needed to acknowledge it and realize, hey, this is something you need to actively try and improve on, or it's only going to stay the same or continue to get worse. So in 2019, the year that I graduated college, um, post-graduation, that was the first time that I kind of acknowledged, hey, I kind of have seasonal depression. Um, and I acknowledged that internally. You know, I was seeing a therapist, but I didn't openly express that to my therapist. Um, and even in 2020, when I was starting to be more mindful of it and I was starting to improve on the seasonal depression, I still didn't mention that to my therapist or psychiatrist um, because they asked, do you struggle with seasonal depression um, or things like that? And I would just say, oh, no, I have depression, but I don't really get seasonal depression because I didn't want to tack on another thing that I dealt with. And it didn't help. And by acknowledging it, like I mentioned in the first episode, acknowledging it is really the only thing that has helped me get a handle on this. So even though I wasn't acknowledging it to my therapist or psychiatrist, I did kind of start to acknowledge it within myself. And whether or not that I was branding it as seasonal depression or not, um, I was still recognizing, you know, it's that time of year where things get darker and things get gloomy and things get cold. And I've always felt extra sad during this time and extra unmotivated. So I really wanted to make a conscious effort to try and change that. And so, like I said, we were in a pandemic and 
I had a lot of time. I had nothing but time. So that's when I kind of really got motivated and inspired to find out what works for me. And so there were a number of things that I started doing. Um, it started out small, you know, it was nothing crazy. Um, since we were in the pandemic, my boyfriend and I, that's when we really started our cooking routine of just cooking every single night, you know, trying to get into the kitchen. It was our one activity that we would do kind of together. Um, and it was more of like a relationship building activity, um, just because that was the time when we weren't on our phones or we weren't watching TV or we weren't showing each other, you know, the newest video that we found on like TikTok or something. We would put our phones down and we would just kind of do this, like putting together a recipe and following instructions. Um, you know, it has to require a lot of communication and it requires, you know, teamwork, especially when you're cooking with someone else. I know I, with my OCPD and my anxiety, I really love to kind of take control and take the reins because I'm like, oh, I can do it. I can do it all by myself and I'll, I'll do it the right way. So I'll just take care of it. Um, but with cooking, you know, doing that with someone else and kind of releasing some of that control, it's um, been really good for our relationship. So we started cooking and we started doing that, you know, nightly. And so kind of the first thing that I thought of to do to kind of help with my seasonal depression is I thought, hey, let's go on Pinterest make a Pinterest board for soup recipes. And then every single weekend we'll throw together a soup recipe. And then um, that way we can get some, you know, root vegetables in our lives. We can get some, you know, healthy, good ingredients that are going to make us feel good. Um, and then also with soups, you know, it's great because you just throw them in the crock pot. You don't have to do much. And then you also have a ton of leftovers. So then you have meals throughout the week. So if throughout the week it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, the early earlier it is in the week, the harder it is for me to be motivated and have energy. So a lot of the times on Mondays or Tuesdays, I wouldn't want to cook because once again, seasonal depression, it's dark out, it's gloomy. I was still working my nine to five job, even though I was working remotely, it still drained me a lot. And so when it's Monday or Tuesday and you're like, oh, I really don't want to cook tonight. I'd rather do anything else. It's nice to just pull out some leftover soup, throw together a quick grilled cheese, um, and then still feel like you're doing something good for yourself and you're doing something good for your body without exuding more effort than you need to. So that has been a routine that, you know, we still do to this day. Once November hit, we started planning out some soups and we would do soup weekends. Um, and it's something that we both started to look forward to, even though it was just something really simple and really easy as putting together a crock pot soup once a week, it was consistent. And it was something, like I said, we look forward to and it brought us joy. And it was fun to just try new recipes. And then we would, you know, share those recipes with other people. So it really became a staple in our apartment and now house um, that we would do soup weekends. And so like I said, really great for seasonal depression, because um, the warmth of soup, the hardiness of soup. Um, if you find some good ones with root vegetables, root vegetables really, really, really help 
with seasonal depression. Um, so the more vegetables and more soups that you can get into your diet, the better it is going to be. So, you know, my first recommendation, soup weekends, you'll love it. Pinterest is a great place to quick, easy, simple recipes that won't break the bank and won't take up a ton of your time. Um, so if you're looking to start small, easy ways to incorporate things, easy changes to make um, into your life this seasonal depression season, I recommend soup Sundays. Another thing that I really started to do after we kind of fell into the soup Sundays is I was like, I need more. I want more things that I can kind of divert my attention into so I don't fall into this funk of let's take a four-hour nap every day or let's just lay around on the couch in the dark on the weekend all day every day because I just don't want to do anything else. So I started kind of looking into different options. I did start doing in-home workouts during this time as well. Um, we started with some YouTube videos, just like quick 15-minute ab workouts. And we did those for a couple weeks last year, but that really wasn't my favorite thing. Um, so we kind of kept up with it for a little bit last year during the pandemic. Um, but this year I actually started to try and do some like yoga or just some mindful videos as like a 10, 15 minute activity throughout the day. Um, my foot still is broken. <laughs> so yoga has been very limited, but, um, yeah, just trying to find some mindful videos or some guided meditation videos, um, things like that, just to have a little bit of time incorporated into every single day to take a moment and to check in with yourself, kind of like we did at the beginning of this episode, um, just to kind of slow down and then do something that is good for you and fills you up. Um, another thing that I really, really, really got into last year was I wanted to find a new hobby and I wanted to find a hobby that would a be great to do inside during the cold months. So when I didn't want to leave my house or I didn't feel like going out and being social, I could stay inside and do something, but that something wasn't, like I said, napping or laying around or just being unproductive. I wanted to have, a hobby that I could look forward to that I enjoyed and then would actually give me some tangible results. So something that I've always loved is, you know, art and arts and crafts and things like that. Um, I've never been great at them. And because I tell myself, you're not good enough to be an artist or you can't paint or you can't draw, um, that has prevented me from doing those things for a lot of my life. So last year, I was like, you know what, let's give it a shot. Let me try and do a crafty hobby. So what I did was I ordered some paint by number sets from Amazon. They were like between 10 and $20 per paint by number. You got the canvas, you got all the paints, and you got a bunch of different brushes. And so that was something that I did throughout all of winter last year. Um, I overestimated how long it takes you to do a paint by numbers because it's not a you sit down for two hours and then it's done. This was a journey of a project and it is something I'm still not finished with. 
Um, but now that we're starting to get back into those cold, gloomy months and the seasonal depression is, you know, creeping back up on me. Um, I've actually been talking about breaking my paints back out because it's actually really calming just throwing down um, like a trash bag, throwing your paint set on top of it. We would pull couch cushions from the couch and lay on those and lay on the ground and just lay there and paint. And then we would, you know, put on music or put on a podcast, bring some snacks over. And it was really great because that was another way for me to just kind of unwind, still get some stuff done, but not have to exert a lot mentally or physically. I didn't have to use a lot of energy. I could just kind of sit there and I didn't have to think really hard. It was just find the number, dip the color. And so that activity really helped me because um, it calmed me down. It helped me feel grounded and it just was fun. You know, it was a good relaxing activity that I started to look forward to just like the soup. It was a little minor thing that just brought me so much joy that every day when I would clock out at 4.30, that would be when I would get done with my work and I would immediately go upstairs, change into some crappy clothes. I would call them my paint clothes. And then I would just start painting. And, you know, if my boyfriend was playing video games or he was in law school at the time, or if he had class or was studying, that was something that I could do with my time instead of just wasting it on my phone or just, you know, sitting there thinking, oh, I don't have anything to do. or I don't want to do anything. Instead of letting those thoughts kind of creep in, I would immediately plan it into my day where, you know, it was like, get done with work and then do painting for at least like an hour or an hour and a half and then cook dinner, eat dinner. And then you can either like watch a couple shows or do more painting. So by adding that extra activity and extra structure into my routine, um, that was another thing that really helped me kind of keep busy throughout those dark and gloomy months. Another thing, I know this is hard to do when it is cold out, um, but when it's more in the like November months of the seasonal depression era, um, when it's not too snowy or it's not too rainy or it's not too cold, I would always try and do like at least a 10 minute walk outside. Whether you do it right in the morning or you do it, you know, during your lunch break or if you want to do it, you know, at night, um, just getting outside and getting fresh air, um, especially in these dark, gloomy months, can make a world of difference. Um, During the pandemic, walking was my saving grace. Like, I love walking. I love going on walks. I love being active in that sense. Um... But I was never the type of person that would just be like, oh, I'm going to go take a walk around the neighborhood, you know, because I was always too busy or always too stressed or I thought that I didn't have time. But, you know, having that time, I was able to take more walks and even just doing like a lap or two outside for five to 10 minutes, it just increased my mood exponentially. Um, So if you're able to get outside and take a walk during the seasonal depression months, great. Do it. I highly recommend it. Um, If it's too cold or you just don't have the mental energy to get up and get out of your house that day, just try opening up a window, you know, opening up your blinds, maybe crack the window a little bit, just let some fresh air in, sit near that window for a little while just to get exposed to some of that light. 
that can still make a world of difference as well. It doesn't have to be, you know, an intense power walk outside. It can be as simple as opening up the window. In addition to, you know, soup sundays, finding a hobby that fills up some of your time and walking or either opening a window, some other things that I find helpful, reading, grab a book, try and read, you know, maybe a few pages a day. If you can do a full chapter a day, push for that. It's another thing that's easy to do in your house. Just grab whenever you have some downtime instead of just reverting to kind of laying there and getting stuck in your head or getting weighed down by the overwhelming thoughts, you know, grab a book, do something productive. If you like to color, coloring books are phenomenal. You can get them really cheap off of Amazon, Etsy, places like that. And then just grabbing some colored pencils or some Sharpies. Those are always great to have on hand. Um, sun lamps, if you struggle really hard with seasonal depression um, and even getting outside and taking walks doesn't help. Or maybe you don't have the opportunity to get out enough and take walks or get outside, get in the sunlight. They have sun lamps that they sell, you know, on Amazon, different websites. Those are really awesome to check out. I actually have a full page on my website that are linked to Amazon products that help with seasonal depression and self-care. Um, one of the things that I linked on my Amazon page is a um, happy lamp. So it's one of those sun lamps that can help increase your mood during seasonal depression. I also stuck a weighted blanket on there, some candles, um, a Howlite worry stone. Something that I also linked is this thing called pinch me therapy dough. I had never heard of it, but then I found it when I was in Denver and I got the Zen scent. So it's um, like this purple dough that comes in a little container and you pull it out and it smells phenomenal. I love it so much. Um, but if you're ever feeling overwhelmed or, you know, just kind of stressed and you need to kind of recenter yourself, um, I like to grab it and roll it around in my hands to keep myself busy. Um, it has been a very calming presence for me since I purchased it. So they don't offer the Zen scent on Amazon, but um, they do have some really other great scents. I know Spa is one of them. Um, you can check those all out. They're linked through the um, Amazon page on my website, the search for serotonin.com. So yeah, if you want to check any of those things out, or if you want to get a sun lamp, um, you can go through my website. Like I said, I have it all put together for you. And even just reaching out to a friend. You know, you can also reach out to a friend, talk to your therapist. Um, just talking to somebody or reaching out and having that human connection um, can really help pull you out of that funk. If you don't want to open up to somebody or you don't have somebody that you can open up to in your life, I strongly recommend thinking about finding your own therapist or if you're not into therapy right now, um, journaling can do great wonders for you internally. Um, if you can't open up to someone in your life, journaling is a great way to kind of get those feelings and emotions out. So if that's something you're interested in, I actually put together a seasonal depression 30-day digital journal. Um, that is also up and available on my website, the search for serotonin.com. Um, what it is, is you can go onto my website, purchase the digital journal for download. And then at the time of purchase, you'll be able to download the full digital journal all 30 days. Um, each day you get a affirmation, a self-care activity, and then a journal prompt. 
And then you can just take 10 to 15 minutes out every morning and just fill out that journal prompt and then just look at your affirmation for the day and your self-care activity. Um, like I said, once you purchase it, you'll be able to download the full workbook. Um, but then every day from there on out, you'll receive an email reminder each morning letting you know, hey, it's day two, fill out the day two prompt and so on and so forth throughout the 30 days. Um, so if that is something that you're interested, like I said, that is up and available on my website, you can go get that. It is only $24.99. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I really thought it could be beneficial for a lot of people. Yeah, if you want to do that, that's awesome. If you guys go out and buy the journal, um, please send me feedback. Let me know if you like it. Let me know if you want to see more of those. Um, I really like designing and putting together little things like that. So if you guys want to see more digital journals from me, I can definitely make that happen. Um, I definitely want to hear your feedback. And as always, I will be linking um, some resources in the show notes. Um, so if anybody is out there struggling and they do need additional help, um, I'll go ahead and link some additional um, resources like hotlines and things like that. So you can find those in there. I will be linking to the website so you can get to the digital journal and the Amazon product super easy in the show notes as well. Um, and as always, please, please, please give the podcast a follow. It's at the search for serotonin on Instagram. And you can also give me a follow if you want to follow me. My personal Instagram is at Carolyn underscore Farrick. Um, and feel free to DM me. Let me know how you guys are liking the show. Let me know how you like the journal. If anybody gets any of the Amazon products, um, let me know how you like them. If you want to see more stuff on there, I can add more stuff. So thank you so much again for coming and spending another hour or so with me this week. I am so excited that this podcast is finally off the ground and we're finally getting rolling. I will be back next week. We will be kind of kicking off the specific diagnosis series. So next week, we're going to start talking about solely on anxiety. The following week, we'll talk about depression. Um, and then like I've mentioned, I struggle with OCPD. So the following week after the depression episode, we will be talking about OCPD. And I'll kind of cover the differences of OCPD versus OCD. Um, so people can kind of understand that more as well. So we have a pretty packed schedule coming up. Um, and I can't wait to share more with you guys. All right. Thank you so much again for tuning in and I hope you have a great rest of your week and I'll see you next Monday. This week's song is I Can't Breathe by B. Miller. This song discusses what it feels like to be trapped in your own head and you kind of get to the point where you are so much inside of your head and you're so, you know, isolated that you don't know how to get out that you feel like you're at the point where you physically can no longer breathe. This song, I find it to be very calming. It's on one of my depression playlists. So I like to listen to it when I'm feeling isolated or alone or just kind of like I'm in my own way. And so I thought this pertained to the topic of seasonal depression because it's a time where people get so hard on themselves and they get so down. And I feel like a lot of people let the thoughts in their head kind of take over during this time period. Um, so I felt like a lot of people could resonate with this song. So it will be linked on the Spotify playlist, which I will link in the show notes. See you next week.